it's the first of the year, and it is the very first episode of 2023 of One Cardinal, One Cub, and One Beer. And this is a refreshing time because it's the beginning of the year. And I want your resolution to be this, that you're going to listen to every episode or watch every episode on YouTube this year. You're going to support us. You're going to you're going to do the social media thing. And who cares if you lose weight? Who cares if you get a better job? Nobody cares. You're not going to reach those goals, but you can attain reaching your resolutions for one cardinal, one cup and one beer. And remember, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. If you want to contact us, it's one cardinal, one cup, one beer at gmail.com. And make sure that you support us through Patreon. And right now, I'm going to show you a little clip on how you can use Patreon. And wasn't that interesting? Splice that in so seriously. There was like a two second delay between when I quit and I started this. So uh, that's that's why we're kind of laughing. Uh, JJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Happy New Year's, everybody. And we're getting close to baseball season. It's getting closer and closer. Uh, on the Cardinal news, I'm going to go right into Cardinal news. We're not beating around the bush. This is 2023, and we don't beat around the bush anymore. Uh, that's right. Cardinal Brad Thompson, he was a reliever. And he's on the radio here in St. Louis. He does uh, a ESPN Radio 101. And I love Brad. He's funny. He's outrageous. I uh, He's stepping down from a full-time job at the radio station. And he's supposed to have a more prominent role on the TV side. So we'll see what happens. They haven't announced anything on the TV side yet. But Brad, uh, he's very popular here in St. Louis. He's funny. Uh, and I think he'd be a, a welcome uh to the tv broadcast uh he does he does some tv anyway but he just do more i believe now they announced when he was winding down his career and he was in the minor leagues um his last year and i don't remember who he was pitching for which organization or what the 101 uh espn radio in st louis would still have a segment with him because he was so entertaining and so when he did retire um retired as a minor leaguer, which happens to a lot of guys. He stepped right into radio and has just done a fantastic job, blossomed into TV. And and uh, I, I guess we're going to hear less of him on the radio, but maybe see more of him on the TV. Oh, I hope so. He's very funny. He makes fun of himself. His, next, his nickname is Chalky because he's so white. So uh, anyway, Brad Thompson, we hope to see more of you this year. Uh, coming up January 24th, uh, MLB will announce the Hall of Famers this year. So uh, you got to get 75% of the vote. And this year's a little different because all the steroid players, the ones that the spotlight was on them with the use of steroids, are not on the ballot anymore. So that kind of opens the door for some more players. I'm just going to quickly name some of the players on the ballot that are getting pretty close to that 75%. What I like about baseball is it's very hard to get in the Hall of Fame. And there's years... No one gets in. Now, Fred McGriff's already been elected by that special committee, and we both love Fred McGriff. Great guy, a great uh, humanitarian, and he had a, a very good career. But this year, Scott Rowland's on the ballot. I think he might have a shot. Todd Helton, Billy Wagner. Not a lot of relievers in the in the Hall of Fame, but Billy Wagner could be in there. Andrew Jones. I know the MLB channel's been making a, a big case for the, his first 10 years. 
I don't know how he hasn't got in. The, I think the power, the, the hitting, yeah. the fielding. And he made Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin better pitchers covering that big center field out there. Fantastic oh, yeah. player. I think he's got a shot at it. Uh, Gary Shetfield. No, he strikes fear. If I was a pitcher, he would strike fear in me with that bad. They always talked about his bat speed of being elite. And he did have a very good career. Uh, but he could be in there. Here's a guy. If I had one vote, this is the guy I might vote for, Jeff Kent at second base. If yes. you compare Kent to other second basemen throughout time, he is a top-notch second baseman statistically all the way across the board. Uh, so or there's, Marcus, there's, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, let me uh, talk about real quick um, why I thumbs down. Uh -huh. a, sure. Um, oh, shoot. What's his name? Um, Gary, Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield is when Sheffield came up with the Brewers, he – he admitted to intentionally throwing ball because he's a third baseman at that time, intentionally throwing balls away. Um, so he would get traded. Oh. I've always seen him as a very selfish player. He's had some uh, PED allegations and I, I, it, he just grates me the wrong way. And as far as Jeff Kent goes, Kent has the statistics, but Apparently, he was not a very likable player, and that has been something that has held him down, but you can't deny the statistics. One year, he beat out Barry Bonds for the MVP, his own teammate, and one thing I do admire about Jeff Kent, he was one of the only teammates Barry Bonds ever had that would stand up to him. So, Yes, that's what's so great that's about baseball. We, Jeff Kent. <laughs> everybody's got their opinions, and we – we talk and we, uh, you know, explore all these different players and have great memories of them or not so great memories of them. And uh, I just love that about baseball. Uh, a player that was as far as fielding, as good as almost anybody is Omar Vizquel. Long career, gold gloves, uh, made every team he was on better. A pitcher's best friend right there, Omar Vizquel. I honestly, mm, I see him as like a, uh, a great player, but. I don't know about Hall of Famer, but that's not up to me to decide. Well, yeah, he's never going to make it now that he's got the abuse allegations that apparently are true. So I see. I never knew anything about that. About yeah, Omar. spousal abuse, abuse that, oh. you know, it's pretty evident that he's guilty yeah. of that. So All right. well. he, he before that, he was a fringe player. And after that, I think there's no shot. OK, well, that I didn't know. And the last player I put on here, Jimmy Rollins. And uh, I don't think Hall of Famer, but I think a very good player on some really good Philadelphia Philly teams. And, of course, you know my hatred for the Mets. And the Mets were favored almost every year, and the Phillies somehow would beat them out every year. And, oh, I loved it. I loved it. So that's uh, so that's coming up in a couple of weeks now, 75% of the vote. And uh, I think a couple guys have real shots at getting in this year. So we'll see I think, there. I think Roland gets in. I He's getting close. I think Roland and Jones gets in. Well, that'd be a good class. Um, Kent, maybe. But those two for sure should get in. Well, and it's, course, it's, yeah. it's a travesty that neither of them are in yet. Yes. Um, I believe, you know, Fred McGriff, I don't know what team he would go in with. He played for a lot of teams. And I like to see the plaque and who they, what team they go in with. That's kind of fun. Uh, Roland, I'm assuming the Cardinals, but I'm not sure. And uh, but 
it, it either be the Phillies or the Cardinals, one of the two, and Jones, of course, the Atlanta Braves. So uh, anyway, we'll see what happens here coming up January 24th. And my third thing I have is uh, the Cardinals announced all the players going to be in the World Baseball Classic coming up. And this is going to be fun because we have a lot of players going to be out playing in this tournament. And that means Jordan Walker and the Young's going to get a lot of playing time, our two catchers, because a lot of the other players are gone. On the uh, USA team, we got Goldschmidt, Arenado, Wayno, and Miles Michaelis. On the Mexican team, we have Gallegos, the reliever. On Team Canada, we got Tyler O'Neill. On the Venezuela team, Wilson Contreras is playing for Venezuela. And then two surprises. I, I'm not making fun. I just didn't know. But uh, for Team Korea, Tommy Edmonds playing for Team Korea. And uh, for Japan, Lars Nubar is playing for Team Japan. So they must have some heritage and playing on them. And I'd like to see that because I think one time Mike Piazza, I think, played for Italy. And, you know, sometimes you see players, you, you didn't think they'd be on those teams. But that's fine. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Mm. So, Vince, that's what I have in the – in the kind of the Cardinal wrap up for the week, that's what's going on. Well, that's a ton more than what's happening in <laughs> Chicago. I, I I had someone ask me um, uh, two days ago, how come you're not posting as much on Facebook and Twitter? Because there's not much going on, you know, for a while um, up until a few, uh, Right, right at Christmas time, there was a lot going on, and there was a lot on almost a daily basis to post on social media. I'm purposefully staying away from posting like memes and jokes and and rumors and stuff like that, unless they're credible rumors. Because um, I, I don't want it just to be like a free for all. Hey, this is you know, I I kind of want to stick to the business of of the Cardinals and the Cubs. Uh, and I've not even branched out to posting about what other teams are doing. It's just Cardinals and Cubs. That's why, you know, I, I did get to post today and I was sad about it because the Cubs have signed Eric Hosmer, which tells me uh, Eric Hosmer was a very good player for the Kansas City Royals in the mid 2010s. They went to two World Series. They won one. He's a first baseman. He's won four gold gloves while he was with the Royals. He was a decent hitter. He was never a power hitter. For a first baseman, you really want someone who's going to club the ball. He wasn't that person. He signed a gargantuan contract with the Padres when the metrics told every other team, "Mm -mm, stay away from him. And what they signed him for, I think, eight years for about $20 million a year. And he's still got three years left on that contract. And last year, they traded him away to the, to the Red Sox. And he has not had a good season for, for four years now. When they traded him to the Red Sox, uh, the Red Sox only had to pick up the league minimum for the rest of the year. Padres still have to pay the bulk of that $20 million, uh, a year contract. With the Cubs, the Cubs are only going to have to pay the minimum and the Padres are going to have to pay the the 19300000 whatever. You know, they're going to pay most of it. So I get from a business perspective, you've got a veteran. He plays first base. We've got a young rookie coming into first base. This, 
This tells me they have no plans of having Cody Bellinger play first base unless there's injuries. Uh, because at first base, you got Mervis, you got Hosmer backing him up, you got Wisdom, who's taken some uh, uh, games last year at first base. So you've got three people who can play first base. And what I don't like about Hosmer is really can't do anything else. Um, he is a he he is a below average defender now. His problem has always been he is not a fly ball hitter. He is a ground ball hitter. That's why for a big guy, he's I think he's eclipsed 20 home runs a few times in his career, but he's never put up the power numbers that you expect from a first baseman. The only advantage he's going to have is with the shift gone, a lot of those ground balls that may have been gobbled up are going to find some holes. So do I think he's going to bat 216 this year? No, I think he's going to bat about 238, you know, so he's still not going to have a whole lot of power. He is still diminishing as a defender. And I just don't like the move. And um, we now have a 40-man roster space that is eaten up by this this guy who is obviously going to make the big league team no matter what he does in spring training because of that veteran presence that's needed. But what that tells me is they have completely given up on third base, which means we have a Patrick Wisdom, Christopher Morrell combination manning third base, throwing some Zach McKinstry too. That's not that's that's not good enough for me. Um, that tells me that okay, we are improving, but we we don't completely have confidence that we can we can contend for the division. That's what it's telling me. Now, if we get off to a good start, if we get into July, we are in the thick of things. Yeah, I can see us making a, a trade. I can see us making a trade to get a third baseman. But what this is telling me is we're going to have a wait and see attitude before we go in to try to get a playoff spot. We're going to wait and see what happens when half the season's gone and uh, the trade deadline's coming up and people are going to need talent and people are going to want our minor league talent. Then can we add somebody, especially uh, today when I got a text from my son, Max, who said, uh, Devers has been extended 11 years, 300 million, something like that from the Red Sox. Okay. So, so we could have had a third baseman. We could have had a, a decent third baseman. There were, I, I, three weeks ago, I mentioned these are the third basements that are available. Um, we didn't do anything. We're sitting on Patrick Wisdom and Christopher Morrell. Like I said, I like Morrell as a utility player. Um, he's got some thump on his bat. He started off really hot, but then he cooled off. Um, he can play a lot of positions. I just, maybe it's because I've got blinders on because I haven't seen him as a full-time third baseman. I just don't see him as a full-time third baseman. Patrick Wisdom, if he can find his defense that he had his rookie year, um, I'm fine with Patrick Wisdom hitting sixth, seventh, eighth in the lineup, clubbing 25 homers, hitting 230 striking out 190 times. I'm fine with that if that's a bottom-of-the-order guy. Um, but if that's our bottom-of-the-order guy, that means that we have a lot of other people who are coming through offensively. Um, but what scares me is not the bat, because he's proven he's gonna, he is who he is. He's going to hit some home runs. He's going to strike out a lot. It's how bad the defense diminished from one year to the next. That scares me. 
And Christopher Morrell, he's never been projected to be a third gold glove third baseman. So uh, I guess I'm a little depressed about, about us not getting a third baseman. And that depression was exacerbated by, and we have Eric Hosmer to back up first. And I'm like, why? So, <laughs> so, so this is called one Cardinal, one cup and one beer. And, and as I've stated, you know, I'm not much of a drinker, but I just may have a keg tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Drown those sorrows. Drowning my sorrows. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> The good thing is, I, I mean, I am trying to remain positive. We have, I feel like we've closed the gap between us and the Cardinals. And uh, uh, Max did some numbers crunching. Uh, and we are, from, from, from last year's team to this year's team, there is a pickup of nine victories, you know, as far as the, the composite war goes. Um, the Cardinals have actually lost a little bit. So um, I do see that the gap is closed just a little bit. Um, but, man, there, there's going to have to be a lot of things that go right for us to make the playoffs. And, you know, but like we know, with, with the expanded playoffs, we don't have to be that far above 500 to make the playoffs. I think 86 and, games. I think 86 games you're in. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be around there, mid-80s somewhere. And last year for the second half of the season, the last 70 games, we were 39 and 31. So is it within the realm of possibility? Yeah. Uh, will it happen? Uh, I hope so. This year we're in the central and, you know, really the, I, I'm not afraid of the Reds or the Pirates. Now they could, they could win the division. Anything's possible, but the Brewers, the Cubs and the Cardinals, there's so many question marks. We're going with a lot of young guys and uh, and a lot of our pitchers like Flaherty. He hasn't really had that knockout year in a long time. I do like our bullpen, but the Brewers, they didn't hit at all last year. They got rid of Colton Wong. They got some great starters, but their bullpen's not as strong as it used to be. And that was their strength. I think you guys improved your team quite a bit with Bellinger and uh, Darby Swanson. Um, it's up for grabs. And whoever has the fewest weaknesses i think it's going to win this thing it's going to be so much fun it's going to be a good year this year it's going to be a good time the brewers have a history of having a player have one great season and they fall apart like jesus aguiar one year had a great year um oh gosh going back a few years the third base mcgee had a great year Teddy Hagera. He, they had a guy, Teddy Hagera, a pitcher, kind of thought he was like Fernando Venezuela. Had one great year, and then that kind yeah. of hit for him. Yeah. Well, I, I'm seeing that because last year, Rowdy Tellez, who's who's never done much, suddenly he hits he hit about 35 home runs last year. And I'm wondering, is he another one of these flash in the pans that the Brewers have had? Um, they've especially at the corners, they've had a lot of that. So, you know, I'm kind of curious how, how the Brewers are going to do. Um, they, they are a well-run organization. Um, so, who knows? And they always got pitching because they know how to develop pitching. So, Man, that's a great pitching staff. Yeah. 
remember we used to kick the brewers around all the time you know it's like, <laughs> oh yeah they called the they called miller park wrigley north it was great you know over there you know we were we were just <laughs> showing them how it's done not anymore so <laughs> well we thought we'd do something fun um jj said why don't we do a segment on baseball players who have taken up acting and done like some cameos and some acting roles and i thought that sounded like a lot of fun what made you think of this well um you know i, I love trivia and uh sometimes you'll be watching a movie and somebody pops up in it and you're like oh that's pretty cool um I, I got a few, I got a couple surprises too. It's just that when you see them outside, I remember uh, one time there was a Brady Bunch and they had uh, Don Drysdale and Sandy Koufax. They were just there and they gave a ball to Bobby or something like that. I said, oh, that's pretty cool. And I just West, wondered how- Wes Parker was on an episode of the Brady Bunch too. Oh, really? Okay. Cause I guess they, the Dodgers are out there and they filmed out there. But uh, you, you all of a sudden you watch a show and somebody pops up uh, like Dennis Rodman was in third rock from the sun, although he's not a baseball player, but you'll never know what athlete uh, and we're not counting Saturday night live or a variety show or anything like that. It's an actual, they're playing a role. Most of them play themselves in these roles, but uh, we might surprise you. And there's some good trivia here too, to be had. Well, why don't you get us started and uh, we'll just take turns. All right. My uh, first one, I went as far back as I could find where a Major League Baseball player, uh, this was in a movie, 1919. And it's Hornace Wagner, who has the most expensive card in Major League Baseball. He made a movie called Spring Fever. And in the movie, <laughs> he co-starred with two guys named Moe and Shimp, the Howard brothers. Are you serious? I and I love the Stooges. You're a Stooge fan, yeah. It's, where, where where can we see this movie? We got to find it. I found it. This information on the internet. It must be true if it's on the internet. And uh, so, Horace Wagner, in theory, could have been the third Stooge. You know, you got Shift, you got Mo, you got Horace Wagner. So uh, now, I, I got to find that one. It's called Spring Fever. It's, called 1919 spring fever hornus wagner not to get, be confused with the 80s teenage sex romp spring fever yeah not that one hornus would have been kind of in a smaller role in that movie then he would have been <laughs> horny wagner <laughs> that's right oh yeah i've seen that one too i hadn't seen the first one but i've seen the other one freddie prince jr or somebody's in that i How am blown that? away I, I i want to see that yeah, I do too. I do too. We'll have to. We'll find. We'll put the search out for that. Any of our listeners out there? I know we got some eclectic folks out in the crowd. If you've got that, I definitely want to see it. I I do too. Yeah, we can. We, we'll do a public screening of it oh. in downtown Potosi. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Excuse me. It's got to be. In the public domain now. It's 101 years old. So yeah, okay. probably show it anywhere without any repercussions. <laughs> right. I, oh. I, think, I think that's a great summertime thing. See if we can get some people together and just oh. just have it. That, that'd be awesome. 
I don't know where we find it, but I'm I'm putting a search out right now. We're going to get that thing. Well, my first one, I focus mostly on television. In fact, exclusively on television until the end. I will touch on something with a movie. But uh, um, when I was a kid, I would watch uh, TV during the day, during the summer. And I would watch like, you had your choice when I was growing up. If you're going to watch TV during the day, during the summer, um, you were either going to watch soap operas, which I didn't watch unless my sister made me watch them. And yeah, that happened a few times. Or you watch game shows, and I always love game shows. Same here. Or you watched reruns of old sitcoms from the 50s and 60s. So I'm about, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old, and I'm watching an episode of Bewitched. And they're at a party, a, a Halloween party, and who shows up? Willie Mays. And I'm like, my gosh, Willie Mays is on here. He stood out so much, not just because he was Willie Mays, but if you think about it, I don't think there was ever another African-American character in the whole run of Bewitched. But here's Willie Mays at this Halloween party. And uh, I didn't remember the details of it, so I looked it up. It's uh, Darren is shocked to find out that Willie is actually a warlock. (laughs) Samantha tells Darren that that is how he plays so well, because he's a warlock. So Willie soon has to leave the party to go to the ballpark. And his first at bat, he pops up. Darren's stunned. So bravo. One of my one of my favorite all-time players, Willie Mays, in Bewitched. Who would have known? Who would have known? I like how you did that like TV guide synopsis of the episode, too. Very good. Very good. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Well, my number six, I don't know if we've ever numbered these, but my number six is favorite is, uh, this is a TV show now, because I'm all over the board on this thing. But, of course, Keith Hernandez on the Jerry Seinfeld show. It was a two-parter, and Jerry, and he's, of course, Keith Hernandez is playing Keith Hernandez, and Jerry Seinfeld is a huge New York Met fan. I do love Jerry, so I won't hold that against him. I know he loves the Mets. But you just he, uh, open for him one day. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll park his car for him, whatever he needs. But uh, Keith uh, got to flirt with Elaine, uh, which was really great. He got to, uh, Jerry said, the equivalent of uh, going all the way with a friend is helping him move. And that's why he got drug into helping Keith move in the episode. And uh, I think him and George had like a little jealousy over Keith Hernandez because uh, Jerry didn't know what to wear when he was going out with Keith and stuff. It was kind of like a what to do on a first date kind of thing. It was very funny. Keith was and Keith Hernandez was very funny in it too. Of course, he's on Seinfeld. Great cast and everything. But that's my number six. I thought Keith did a wonderful job. Okay. Uh, my next one aired April 8th, 1965, which was more than a year before I was born. So I watched it in reruns, and I watched it the same way I watched Bewitched. Summer, daytime TV, you watch a rerun, see, you know, of a, of a uh, sitcom, so you don't have to watch a soap opera because the game shows eventually do end, or you're getting stuck watching something really stupid like Fresh 
your luck or something like that. So anyway, <laughs> I remember uh, that show. Yeah, I remember that. Um, in this episode, I'm watching, and Herman takes Eddie out to the ball, out to a ball field, and you know, just to play around. And Herman hits a ball, like way out of the park because he's Herman, and and it happens to land right in front of Leo DeRocher, who's like. Where's the closest park? And they said, oh, it's a few blocks that way. So Leo goes over there and Herman, he's going to sign Herman. Herman's going to, uh, gosh, who was he managing then? I think, I, was he was he 65, the Cubs yet? I don't know who he's managing then, but uh, DeRocher is very excited because he's going to get this new power hitter, you know, Herman. And um, he, he was coach of the Do Dodgers at the time. That's right. So, <clears throat> So he he's doing this uh, um, tryout, and Herman is like, yeah, hit a ground ball, and Herman hits the ball, and it you know just plows under the ground, you know, and and you know by the end, Leo says, yeah, I can't sign you because you're going to tear up the ballpark. So um, that's pretty cool. I I I know it's hokey, but I love Herman Munster. I think he's a tremendously lovable character, and if you've ever seen. Other things that Fred Gwynn has been in, he's quite an actor. And it, it's a shame he got typecast as that because it really did hamper his career. But yeah, his career started way back in on the waterfront. Wow. Uh, he he had a small part in that. And, you know, back then you didn't know you were going to get typecast as somebody when you took a part. He became Herman Munster. And you really didn't see much of him again until the 80s. He was he had a cameo or a small role in uh uh gosh, was it basic instinct? Uh well, not basic instinct, uh fatal attraction, a small role in that, and then he had that iconic role in uh um Joe Pesci's movie, uh yeah, Joe Pesci's movie. Uh, um, uh golly. Dude, man. Marissa Tomei. Yeah, um, Ralph Macchio. We Ralph Macchio. Uh, the names excuse my me. Cousin Vinny. My cousin my Vinny. My cousin. How can yeah. I forget that? My so, cousin Vinny. It almost escaped me there. Whew. Yeah. So oh, Leo yeah. DeRocher, who was a showman in and of himself, you know, he he uh, he had a role in the Munsters. Fantastic, and I love uh, I love Fred Gwynn as Herman Munster too. All right, the next one for me. A lot of these uh, athletes are usually in New York. Or Los Angeles because that's where the entertainment capitals are. But the next guy I have, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. He's been in ten uh, things through either TV or movies. He was in a couple episodes of Arliss. Uh, he made an appearance in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He was in the TV show of uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Um, he was in a video. Macklemore, the rapper from Seattle, had a video called. Uh, my town, and he was in that as well. But the iconic role for King Griffey Jr. was in The Simpsons. Yes, where Mr. Burns put together this company softball team or baseball team, I think baseball team. And he, of course, went and cheated and he hired all these major leaguers except for Homer, who basically is a takeoff of the natural. He made a bat. Uh, and of course, King Griffey Jr. <laughs> working in the cafeteria jose casinko's the new maintenance man they've got a whole ozzy smith's out there and for some reason he told king griffey jr to drink this uh some sort of uh gross serum and uh his head gets about three times bigger and he gets addicted to the serum 
And that is actually King Griffey Jr.'s voice on The Simpsons. And uh, that was probably my favorite uh, athlete as far as I know of in, on The Simpsons episode. So King Griffey Jr., he was funny and uh, just charming. Great guy. And it was great to see a guy who played in Seattle and Cincinnati uh, get a, get so many roles on TV. That That's a great episode. If you look up the uh... – that episode i, I think, I think it's, it's season, season three. three i think it's season yeah. three um yeah what is their team's called the isotopes <laughs> it's yes and the and the kids team that they sponsor is the isotots so that's pretty cute the topes and the tots nice All right i picked up this one because um the player used to be a cardinal and um I had not seen this episode, so I had to research it because I wanted to throw in a cardinal here. But I did know that Jeff Supon was up was once in The Young and Restless. I had heard that during a a, a cardinal broadcast or something. But apparently, uh, Jeff Supon, Bill Hall, who had a major league career, J.J. Hardy, who was a pretty good player, and Chris Capuano, who who was a decent left-handed pitcher. Um, on June 20th, 2007, they were on the show, The Young and the Restless. And uh, these brewers, they visited the office of Jack Abbott, who was oh, played nice. by Peter Bergman. Um, those of you who are familiar with The Young and the Restless, I guess you know what I'm talking about, which should be a large bulk of our audience. Uh, they shot for a photo op during uh, uh, Abbott's campaign run for some kind of Senate or something like that. Um, but the interesting thing is baseball players used to watch a lot of soap operas. They probably don't as much anymore with the multitude of channels there are now. But back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, when they went to the clubhouse early in the afternoon to start their day, it would be soap operas on the TV a lot because there wasn't much else on besides reruns of of sitcoms and game shows so there's been a lot of players who have actually had cameos in soap operas and in doing this research you're not going to believe what i undug but first we're going to go with uh jj's next one all right this is a history lesson here i'm going 1979 one of my favorite albums of all time i've listened to this album over a thousand times meatloaf's bat out of hell Yes. Oh, great album. It's uh, written by Jim Steinman. It's uh, produced by Todd Rundgren. It's got Ellen Foley, who used to be on Night Court, was the female Who's singer. from Florissant, Missouri. I did not know that. Yes, a lot is. of a lot of people think it's Carlo DeVita singing on an album, but she went on the she did the tour with Meatloaf. But it's Ellen Foley that sung on the album. And there's a song. Every song on that album is great. But what I'm getting at is Paradise by the Dashboard Light. There's a segment in there where there's a baseball announcer, and it's uh, Phil Rizzuto, the scooter. Played 13 years with the New York uh, Yankees. All, his whole career was with the Yankees. Later became an announcer, and they had Phil come in and do the play-by-play. -play. And basically, it's a, a double entendre about uh, a date and the guy trying to get lucky. And it's a close play at the plate. Is he going to be safe or out? And then, of course, Ellen Foley sings uh, Let Me Sleep on It. And uh, then Meatloaf is singing his part. 
Yeah, great song. One of, an iconic song. Phil Rizzuto comes in and does a heck of a job doing the play-by-play of this guy who hit one in the gap, and he's he's you know he's he's uh, challenging the pitcher to pick him off. And uh, anyway, I know what we're supposed to do movies. I don't follow the rules very good, as you can tell, Vince. But I didn't know when else we would ever get to talk about "Bad Out of Hell" by Meatloaf, 1979. Well, we've we've officially lost our status as a family friendly show since uh, you've talked about Spring Fever, a dirty '80s movie, and Bat Out of Gehenna. Gehenna is the Greek word for hell, by the way. And you're talking about this sexual song. I mean, we really need to cleanse ourselves to get back to being a family friendly show. That's true. I, I've you know what can mind. do that? Who's that? Most family-friendly baseball player in the world, Yogi Berra. Ah, yes. St. Louis's own. I found this when I was researching the Jeff Supon thing. (laughs) I can't believe this. On August 13th, 1963, Yogi Berra appeared in an episode of General Hospital. He made a guest. Wait a minute. This gets better. He made a guest appearance as a brain surgeon on General Hospital, which also starred former baseball player Johnny Burt Barandino during his playing days as Steve Hardy. Barra, basically, if you have heard him talk with phrases like, it ain't over till it's over, when you find a fork in the road, take it. He's playing a brain surgeon, which I just think it is so <laughs> hilarious. Uh, United Press International said that Barra handled his three lines on General Hospital without a hitch, and he made $155 for his part. I am tomorrow going to Google it and see if I can find Yogi Berra on General Hospital, because that is just awesome. That is perfect. Well, thank you for bringing it back to family friendly. <laughs> well, my next guy, I want this is going to be family ish, friendly ish. Uh, number three for me is uh, Derek Jeter. Now, he was in a couple of movies, he was in anger management, but the one I like the best is the other guys with Mark Wahlberg and, and Will Ferrell. He has a small cameo, and uh, I guess I'll have to do a spoiler alert here, but uh, Mark Wahlberg has had to live with the fact that he shot Derek Jeter. He thought he was an intruder at the ballpark and they call him the Yankee Clipper. And even though he's just got a small part on it where he gets shot, they mention him throughout the show quite a bit. And uh, he has to go get therapy and all the other cops wish he had shot A-Rod instead, instead of Jeter. And I just thought that was so funny. But Derek Jeter had a small role, a little cameo. I don't believe it's more than 25 seconds long in the whole movie. But uh, it, was a, it was a good, it was a scene stealer for sure. Cool. Well, my next one is from one of my favorite all-time sitcoms. Uh, you talk about Seinfeld. I think uh, the sitcom that is one up Seinfeld is Larry David's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, of course, it's it's the Bill Buckner episode. And uh, around my house, we, we don't call it Curb Your Enthusiasm. Say, hey, you want to watch The Uncomfortable Show? Because every time you watch it, you feel very uncomfortable. Okay. So um, the uh, this has to do with Buckner, who is famous for 
infamous, which is a shame of letting the ball go through his leg in the 86 World Series. A guy that had a tremendous career, uh, not quite Hall of Fame, but he's just that level below it. Um, in this episode of Curb, Larry David, um, he uh, accidentally befriends Buckner, accidentally befriends Buckner, and he has to endure all the obscenities and everything else that's shouted at them when they're together uh, by the angry Red Sox fans on the street. And uh, Buckner also misses a toss ball that was signed by Mookie Wilson, which is hilarious. But uh, I like this. Um, at the end, um, Buckner is an onlooker uh, of a, a, a burning building, and Larry walks up to see what's going on. And a lady tosses her baby out for the firefighters to catch, but it it bounces out of their blanket and Buckner dives and catches the baby, which I think is hilarious. And uh, it's a shame that Bill has passed on, but you know he finally got to a point where, hey, I can make fun of myself a little bit. You know, things got a lot better for Buckner in uh, eighty was it eighty four when they won the World Series? Yeah, eighty four when they won the World Series when Red Sox finally got the. Uh, Curse of the Bambino off their back. But uh, if you haven't seen the episode of Bill Buckner on Curb Your Enthusiasm, you have to look it up. Oh, that sounds great. I, th- I love it that he can make fun of himself, you know? Yeah. He had fun with it. Well, my next one is, uh, we're going to the movies, 1942, Pride of the Yankees. And uh, Gary Cooper is playing uh, the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig. And I tell you what, this might be my favorite baseball movie. And playing Babe Ruth is none other than Babe Ruth. The story behind the the movie is Babe was retired and he had gained some weight, wasn't, and his health wasn't greatest. And he really wanted to be in the movie. And they made him. They said, "All right, if you want to be in the movie, you got to lose some weight. You got to look like you did when you played." And he lost the weight. Uh, there's some really good scenes where Babe actually acts. There's a scene where he's talking to a young boy in the hospital, and he promises to hit home run for the kid signs a ball and all the press is around him. And when everybody leaves, then Gary Cooper playing Lou Gehrig comes in and talks to the kid and he promises to hit him home run too. And only like one reporter, which is Walter Brennan sees this and kind of reports that as well. So it's all about how babe had all the attention and everything. There's a scene where uh, all the young players, the veterans, they're playing a prank on the babe and he had a straw hat and they're all taking a bite out of it. And, of course, Babe Ruth catches Lou Gehrig tearing up his hat. He gets mad at him. Uh, but Babe had quite a few scenes in it with Gary Cooper and did a very good job. Uh, it was great because, you know, nowadays with social media, we know all the things about all the players. We see him all the time on MLB and pregame and postgame. But, Babe, there's just a few videos of him out there. And it was good. It's it. I, it's a must go watch the 19 and i'll tell you what it's a tearjerker too so oh, yeah uh, it, it, it'll rip your heart out but uh babe does, does himself proud acting in the pride of the yankees 1942 so anyway that's mine there well my next one is not a tearjerker um another one of my favorite uh sitcoms is it's always sunny in philadelphia and of course this is the wade bog episode the wade boggs episode <laughs> And there's a a, a piece of folklore that on a flight, Boggs drank like 170 some odd beers on the flight that he had this 
and usually high tolerance for for alcohol. So the gang is flying cross country and they decide they're going to try to replicate the way bogs they they don't come, <laughs> they don't come close and uh um the 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 appearance by bogs who has been in other things he he was in that episode of the simpsons you talked about um and i can't remember what else he's been on but uh um bogs has an appearance as as a spirit as like a ghost they're seeing through their drunken haze that is that is just a <laughs> Just really funny, but of all the uh, episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, this is always put is one of the top ten, and that show's been on for a long time. So if you have not seen the episode, uh, the Wade Boggs episode, uh, you have to watch it. And if you're not a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you may not quite understand the actions of these people <laughs> because they're quite depraved. Uh, but it's just it's a great episode tremendously funny all right well my last one is uh i love this player and this personality and uh it's uh let's see it's bob Uecker as harry doyle in uh major leagues and i think he was in all three of them but do yourself a favor don't you don't have to see three and two one is is great and bob Uecker it's a star-studded cast he carries his own he's an announcer in it and bob made a lot of appearances in tv shows and in movies a truly funny guy i know norm mcdonald and uh oh the guy that used to be on uh howard stern show um and that was norm's friend they love uh bob Uecker. and bob anytime a player talks about bob Uecker, they talk about how funny and crazy he was but uh as harry doyle He's a alcohol swigging, tell it like it is, just a bit outside. Um, he did a lot of Miller commercials where uh, I must be in the front row. And, of course, they have him in the back of the stadium. And Bob's just a good nature making fun of himself. Um, he was a Mr. Belvedere and made a lot of appearances on the old Johnny Carson show uh, where he did very good. And it was one of Johnny's favorite guests. But if you get a chance, see Major Leagues. It's a good, fun time. It's not going to win no Academy Awards. Uh, Corbin Burnson's in it and Tom Berenger and uh, Charlie Sheen, Renee Rosa. And, Wesley uh, Snipes. And, oh, that's right. Wesley Snipes. That's right. And some other older actors. Willie Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes. That's right. Oh, yeah, it's a good time. And I know there's a lot of other athletes that played other players on other teams. I almost think like Pete Vukovic might have been in that movie. Not quite sure. But Euchre was great. So anyway, Bob Euchre, Major Leagues. I thought he did a great job. He had a big part in it, too. Yeah, a, a couple of things about Euchre. Um, number one, um, if you listen to his broadcast in Milwaukee Brewers games, um, he I don't know if it's like this anymore because I haven't heard a game for probably about six or seven years. But on the broadcast for the radio, I used to, I, I used to um, my dad and I and my sisters, we'd always go to Wisconsin and do like a fishing resort. So I'd listen to the Brewers games when I was there. Euchre would do the game pretty much down the middle. There, there was no uh, there was no humor or anything. And he, he was by himself in the booth. And 
sometimes we his knowledge of the game is pretty obscured because you know we think of him as this clown but when he's doing his baseball job he's very serious about it and he's really good second thing um when he was in mr belvedere uh gosh i guess that was in the 80s okay. i did not like the show because he was the straight guy he he wasn't really that comedic in it he was kind of the straight guy and the the butler and the kid was kind of like the comic foil and i thought what a terrible miscasting of Bob Euchre, you know? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted the Miller Lite Bob Euchre, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, my final one is Kevin Joseph Aloysius Connors, better known as Chuck Connors. Oh, uh, Chuck Connors, I, I have to include him because he played, he, he was a ball player who, who was a fringe player. Um, he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers in 49, and then in 51, he played for the Cubs a bit. He also played in the NBA for the Boston Celtics for three years, so he was quite an athlete. Uh, but he is best known for his role in the ABC series, The Rifleman, which ran through 1958 through 1963. And it was through his connections when he played with the Dodgers that he started getting connected with people in the entertainment business. And he was a tall guy. He was a handsome guy. And at that time, that's all you really needed. And hey, you ever thought about doing, uh, you know, movies, TV? And he, he put himself into that. And he had quite a long career, not just in uh, television, but movies. Um, he made a lot of guest appearances. And he had a lot of roles in movies. Um, but when I was a kid, I went to my friend Terry's house. And we, Terry had cable. I did not have cable. Terry had Showtime. Oh, that's why I, I like, Terry. I like my friends because my friends, they all had cable. They all had Showtime. And, you know, I was stuck with like four channels. So, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> we watched a movie called Tourist Trap which has kind of become uh, a little iconic when it comes to horror movies. He plays this guy who makes dolls out of, oh, out yeah. of people. And uh, it's a really, really creepy movie. And so I, I watched it as a kid and it scared the heck out of me. And at that time, I didn't know who Chuck Connors was because I, you know, the rifleman was before my time. And I just remembered him as the creepy guy because, you know, his eyes, you know, and Molly, you know, in this horror film. And then when I found out, you know, I got a little older, found out that's Chuck Connors. He used to play Major League Baseball. It was pretty cool. I went, I rewatched Tourist Trap about seven, eight years ago. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty decent horror movie. Um, it's a B horror movie, but it's pretty decent. But Chuck Connors had a, had a uh, pretty good career for an actor, a uh, little part-time bench player, you know, for a few seasons in the Major League. Scaring the heck out of me when I was a kid. Great yeah. guy. Great guy. All right. Chuck, I'll have to check that tourist trap out. I think I've seen it on Channel 30 Creature Feature a long time ago, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty good. My my son-in-law, he's a horror film aficionado, and he he is he he writes horror films. He has uh produced and directed horror films, both long films and short films. So uh um I brought this up to him once and he said, Oh yeah, that's a really good movie. So pretty cool. Okay. 
Very nice. Well, JJ, I know you've got some merch to show us. Oh, yes. I love, I have, I'm a baseball fanatic and I have a big collection. And the reason I'm showing you some of this is because you might have somebody out there who, you know, Cardinal Cub fan that you'd like to get something special for. And I've been a lifelong fan since I've been about kindergarten. And uh, I'm going to show you a few things that I think are great that you may not know exist. You may know about these things. And the first person, the first thing I'm going to show you is some artwork by an artist named Omni. And what he does is he takes football, basketball, hockey, and baseball fields. And what he does is he draws a picture of them first off. Let me see if I can get that up there for you. So there it is. This is Sportsman's Park. And what he does is he goes through time and marks uh, special places on the field that things happened. And by the way, on mine, I got Jerry Buchek. He was a utility player for the Cardinals in 64, and I had him sign this. But uh, on it, it's got like, uh, uh, it, on the pitcher's mound, there's an arrow. And then you follow the arrow out, and it says uh, the pitching mound where Dean Brothers combined to win 49 games in 1934. Uh, there's an X right here by the wall. And there's a little story right next to it. And it says, where one-armed outfielder Pete Gray made big league, big league debut for the Browns April 17th, 1943. Um, th and then there's like cartoons up here that tells you different things that happened. Uh, and so you could get Wrigley Field and everything in there. It might have like Steve Bartman and Moises Alou throwing his glove down. It might be uh, one of Kenny Holtzman's no-hitters or be a marker for it. But uh, – there's a scoreboard and there's a baseball on it. It says Mike Shannon's 450-foot homer in a 64 World Series. Uh, there's a picture. Uh, it says Bob Kane beat Bob Feller 1-0 as both pitchers hurled one-hitters April 23rd, 1952. And you can kind of see that right there. So that's Sportsman's Park. And, of course, there's a picture of uh, Stan Musial. Cardinals beat Browns four games to two in the 44 Streetcar Series. So, like, there's uh, – Stan Musial. So every stadium, every sport he did a picture of and has like the history of highlights that happened there. And then, of course, I, I'll go ahead. Is he the guy that um, I grew up reading Baseball Digest? Is he the guy that they would have uh, parks on in Baseball Digest? Yes. Is, he, is that the same guy? It's the same guy. And uh, I, uh, of course, you can get copies of him. I just think it's really good for a, a fan. Now, I never saw Wait, sports. Hold on, real, real oh, quick. If you ever have a chance to see the one where he did the polo grounds, because the polo grounds the the down the lines was only two hundred fifty feet. He has a picture of a baby saying, "I could hit a home run here." <laughs> it's almost like Mad Magazine. Yeah, little, little things in there. It's so cool. And I tell you what, I've had these for a long time. I get them out every once in a while, look back through them. There's things I forgot. I got the Bush Memorial Stadium uh, one, and I'll show that off. But here at the bottom, I have Whitey Herzog and Red Shandinks that signed it because they're wow. the only two managers that won World Series in the old first original Bush Stadium. Uh, and it's got the 67 and the 82 World Championships there. Went to some World Series, but that's the only way. Behind the mound, 
they have a cartoon right there of Al Rabowski revving up the baseball. <laughs> Lou Brock, I know you, you're a big guy fan too. Uh, Lou Brock out there in left field. Of course, Bob Gibson. Um, uh, let's see. They got uh, first base. It says roosting place for Cha-Cha Cepeda, the cheerleader of the 67 El Redbertos. When it was, uh, we had a lot of Hispanic players on the team. Uh, of course, the iconic stand man uh, statue right there. So anyway, I won't go on that too much, but it brings back so many good memories. I really hated that they tore down Old Bush Stadium, but when we got the new park, I'm pretty happy with that. But uh, there's not a bad seat in the new stadium at Bush Stadium. The old, the uh, older one at the top, you couldn't see, you couldn't see very well. There's a football stadium kind of up there. So yeah. that, that was that was one of the things I wanted to show off. The other thing is 3D cards. Um, I got a lot of uh, I tell you what, I got the 1970 and the 1989 3D sets, but they're very hard to uh over the years they get cracked. Uh it doesn't take much moisture to run them, but some of the ones I have of uh some of the cub players, this is the uh 80. I don't know if you can see that. Rick Rushell. Oh, Rick. Yeah. yeah. Rick Rushell and those old Cub uniforms right there. I love that. Uh, this is the early, uh, oh, it was in the 60s, but this one still looks in perfect shape. Ernie Banks. Nice. Yeah. I got so much respect for Ernie Banks. When I, He is Mr. Cub. That guy. Oh, yeah. That guy is Mr. Cub. Uh, well, I think this, you name one of your foul poles after this man, Billy Williams. Yeah, Billy, a great player. That, that, of course, that's not the real autograph, but it's just a, a photocopy of his autograph. And on the back, you get all this, the major, the, what they call baseball statistics on the back. But as you can see, the Ron Santo is a little worse for wear. But there's old Ron Santo, Hall of Famer, Ron Santo. He was announcer too, wasn't he? For oh, you yes. guys. Uh, Rick Hudley, that's in perfect shape. You know, at my age now, some of these items are getting to be 50 years old. And, uh, you know, because I'm I'm getting up there in years. And I'll show off a few Cardinal ones. Of course, one of all, in St. Louis, Bob Gibson. There's old Gibson. That's him from the, the 1970 set. Tim McCarver. Love Tim McCarver. You know. And uh, I'll throw a, a, a couple of current ones on there. Ted Simmons, who just went in the world in the thing. And it's 3D. And you probably can't tell on here, uh, but if you kind of turn it, it looks like the the seats in the background move a little bit and the player stays stationary. Anyway, these were pretty popular. And, of course, Bob Forsh, who uh, pitched our two no-hitters for us. And I, I miss old Bob Forsh. He passed away uh, a few years back. So that's a few items. Now, if you ever have a, a favorite player, there's so many items of the favorite player's but if you're going to get an autograph, this is my advice. Oh, by the way, there's a card show this Sunday at uh, Orlando Gardens on Rivas Barracks Road. I know Todd Zeal is going to be there. And if you want an autograph, uh, of course, it, it costs a little. But if you if you ever want an autograph of a player, you usually have to catch him early in their career or when their careers are over. When they're at their apex, it's very hard to get autographs from these guys. But uh, I was just going to show you this. I, my favorite baseball player is Ted Williams. I, Ted Williams' cards are way out of my prize zone, but I got the 1958 All-Star card, and this was, uh, 
you know, this is getting near the end of his career, but that's the 1958 Ted Williams All-Star card. I also have the Mickey Mantle 1958 All-Star card. These are some of the cheaper cards of those players. And to be honest with you, they grade the cards now. You can tell it's a little off-center. The edges are a little rounded. These aren't in mint condition. They're in fair condition. But if you ever want a, a card of your favorite player, of one of the greats, there's usually a few older ones. Or they do remakes, too, if you really want one. But I wanted the 58. I got the 58 All-Star uh, card. Uh, remember uh, when we were kids, they had lunch boxes and they were metal and they had a thermos and everything? Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I remember those days. I had the Biotic Man and Planet of the Apes. Oh, you got one up there? Let's see who you got. Who <laughs> <laughs> you got up there? Oh, let me make sure I don't knock my giant Darth Vader pass off of here. Oh, no, be careful. I gotta uh, see this. I, I'm gonna guess it's peanuts. It's Snoopy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm those old lunchboxes. I have this. Oh. Uh, I picked this up. It is a Seattle Mariners lunchbox. I'll be darn. Who's on that? Is uh, that King Felix? I, it's not that. I mean, I meant the Rays. Oh, the oh, Tampa Bay. I see. TB. There's Delvin Young on here. Akinori Iwamura. I haven't said his name in so long. I can't remember how to say it. And on the other side, as you can see, I picked it up for 50 cents. I have, we have Scott Cashmere and Carl Crawford. I just thought this was so neat. And for 50 cents. Oh, yeah. I had to pick that up. Well, they used to come with thermoses, too. And if you yeah. buy them now, if they got the thermos in good shape, oh my gosh, they could be worth yeah. quite a bit. But Upper Deck one year, uh, I believe this was 99, they had a uh one, and it's Ted Williams. And if you wow. and there's a young, there's a young Ted Williams right here, and then the splendid splinter, uh, a very young one. That's probably pre-World War II, it looks like. And uh they had cards in here. If you bought the set in here, you got you got the you've got the lunchbox with the cards. So I've had this for years and years and years. I'm just a Ted Williams fanatic. Got a couple more things. I'm just showing off my Ted Williams stuff because, like I said, if you got a player you like, there's so much merchandise. And I got this. I believe this was in the 70s, and in 1970, it probably cost me about 80 to 100 dollars. And I'm so proud of this because Ted's my favorite player. But it's uh, a plaque. It was I got it signed, but I had the plaque made. The Splendid Splinter Ted Williams, and he signed that in the in the seventies, and nice. uh, that was my hero right there, Ted Williams. I think he's the best hitter if you combine batting average and power. To me, he was anyway. And then the last thing I got, the same time I got that signed, I got a ball with Ted Williams on it too. I got a, I had that made the little Ted Williams thing. Even they even have uh, special. Uh, holders that uh, the sun rays won't age the ball now. So they have all kinds of stuff. If you go up to Orlando Gardens this uh, this week, there's probably going to be about 25 vendors. They all have different specialties. Take your time, look through. They'll have stuff you wouldn't even believe there. And uh, I, I'll be there. from. It's open from 8 to noon up there. On and you can Paris. get JJ's autograph? <laughs> yes, yes. And the final thing, 
I just was going to do something fun. And one of the Cardinals sponsors is Purina. So we always have some sort of uh, animal themed uh, giveaways at the ballpark. And I will show you this. They had pooches at the park. I, most teams have that. I was in, yeah. at the Rangers game. They had pooches at the park. But the giveaway at the pooches at the park 2019 was a Yachtier Molina dog bowl. <laughs> they got everything. But anyway, I was going to show you this. And my wife goes, oh, you going to let the dogs eat all that? I said, heck no. No, of course not. Are you crazy? <laughs> well, anyway, it's got Molina and number four on it right there. And then it's got Yachty's name right there and the STL on the inside. Now, next time I do this, I'm going to have some Cub stuff because I don't think it's fair that I'm just doing Cardinal stuff. <laughs> I do have some Cub stuff. Not as much, but I do have some pretty cool Cub stuff. So, Vince, that's it. I thought I'd just go over a few items, 3D cards, my Ted Williams stuff, and uh, <laughs> the Yachty Air Molina Dog Bowl. You can make a little candy dish out of that or a Jethro Bodine cereal bowl or something, whatever you like. <laughs> All right. JJ, what are you going to open up today? Oh, I've got a good one. Donruss. A pack of Donruss, 1989. We're going back in time. That's probably the oldest cards I've opened up since we started doing this. Well, in, in an old switcheroo, I'm doing 2022 tops. So Ooh, I like that. You, you got the old uh yeah, yeah I old, got the new one for once. Yes, this has a little rainbow look to it. And the first guy I have is Sid Fernandez. Oh yeah. Sid. Big, yeah, big part of that 86 uh Met team. Oh, I like this guy. Chris Bazio. Chris, he used to be the uh pitching coach for the Cubs and I'll be done. Heck of a pitching coach. Oh, darn. Once pitched oh. to no hitter. Uh, a very good uh, left-handed pitcher for the Cardinals on the bullpen, Ken Daly. Ah, Ken Daly. Yeah, Ken Daly. Man, I'm hitting a jackpot here. Uh, Dwayne Ward. Oh, everybody, He's in a witness protection program, I believe, now. I'm not sure much about him. Oh, I love this guy. Played with a lot of teams. Joe, Joe Carter. Joe Carter started his career with the Cubs. We traded him for Rick Sutcliffe in 84. The rest yeah. is history. Yeah. That's the... uh, I did not know that this player played for this team. The great Fred Lynn with the Detroit Tigers. That must have been at the end of his career. Yeah, I knew he played with the Red Sox and the Angels, and I don't remember what the Tigers. Uh, this guy was a utility guy with those dreaded Mets. And uh, unless Jerry Seinfeld's listening, then the adorable, wonderful Mets. It's Tim. Yeah, Jerry listens all the time. <laughs> he did. He, the, I hear that. Tim Tuffle. Truffle. Tim Tuffle, yeah. Tuffle, yeah. Nice utility player. A great Yankee, especially during those Mattingly years. Willie Randolph. Ah, one of the captains of the Yankees in Yankee great, history. Great, great player right there. Uh, oh, we know this guy. Uh He's uh, was a very good player, but maybe known as Bo's dad now, Dante Bichette. Dante, yes, Dante Bichette. Love that hat too. The Angels' old hats, right there. I like them hats. Uh, Keith Moreland from the Giants. Zonk, former yeah. Cub. Former Cub. Looky there. Uh oh, Craig Reynolds. 
Now, I think there's been a few crew second riddles. Second for the Astros, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Uh, don't know much about this guy. Pat Sheridan from the Tigers. He, he came up with the Royals, uh, played on their uh, teams in the 70s. and Okay. Yeah, fourth outfielder guy. And this was a very good player, a very good teammate. No, I've always had good things. Bill Dorn had a nice career for the mm -hmm. Houston Astros. Yeah. Yeah, Doran played second, and Reynolds played short on some of those Astro teams. Oh, very yeah. good. Yeah, good player. Good, but that's yeah. it for my my set right there. That was, I would that was a good set. I had a lot of stars in there. Okay, I am attempting to open my set. All I right. just love the wax packaging so much. It won't be long oh. before the 2023s will be coming out, so I'll keep an eye out for that. All right. And these are the ones that have the retro look and some retro. Hey, I got Dale Murphy, who oh. missed, missed this Hall of Fame shot. Yes, Dale uh, Murphy. Two-time MVP. Hmm. Bryson Scott. Hmm. Is he a shortstop? What is he? Billy shortstop. Uh, looks like he's never made it out of the minor leagues. So, okay. unless he played some this year. I think he did play some this year. I don't know. I don't know if this guy, is this guy any good? Ronald Acuna Jr.? Oh, yes. They're predicting, I've seen several uh, preview magazines already, and they're predicting the MVP year. But you can't do that. But uh, him as good as anybody else, I guess. And, uh, here is Seth Beer, who was probably the most popular guy in his high school. <laughs> One Seth Beer. <laughs> um, oh, we've already mentioned him once today. Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza, yeah. Oh, we've mentioned this guy today because he is a very rich man now. Rafael Devers. Yes, he is. I'm, gl I'm glad you guys didn't get him. I mean, I know it'd be great for y'all, but I don't want to have to face him as well as all those other guys. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe. Not much about him. Uh, played for the Rangers in uh, 21, hit 18 home runs. I'm trying to think if he did much this year or not. I know this guy didn't do much this year, Brandon Belt, who's still looking for a place to play. Well, and to get paid, uh, terrible years year for the Giants. It's sad because you know he's been a Giant for a long time, and he's put yeah. up some nothing great, but some really good numbers. Solid and uh, you know, you just get to a point as an organization where you tell someone who's been loyal to you, "We don't need you anymore." And that's kind of where he is at this point in time. So, well, JJ, it's been a lot of fun, and I, great time. I do want to urge people. Please support us through Patreon. Uh, it will just enhance what we can do. Um, we want to do things where we can maybe do remotes. Um, we want to uh, be able to enhance our, our reach to people, uh, try to get more viewers and listeners, and uh, maybe increase the production value a little bit because right now the production value is me on a Thursday morning saying some unholy words as i try to splice things together you do a great job you do a great job and i hear a lot of compliments and i send all the 
I said all the praise your way. You do a great job, Vince. Um, well, I don't know if my family would agree with that when they hear everything coming from the base or whatever. <laughs> I screw something up, but anyway. Hey, uh, we are uh, we are going to get out of here. Thank you for joining us for our first show of 2023. JJ, you have anything to add? No, I hope to, I hope to see you guys at the uh, card show and have a great week. Yeah, walk up to JJ and say I want your autograph. That would be so cool. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Mm-hmm.